Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Whatever they're serving in the lobby, I'm getting it between services. All right. Good job, 930 people. Might need some of you to stick around. 11 o'clock gets a little lazy during the summertime. You know, just kind of stroll in, you know. Stand up with me. <laughs> Those of you watching online, stand up in the living room. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we're doing a a series kind of entitled as Surprises, and some of the surprises in the Bible, some of the surprises that we read about, some of the surprises that we've experienced here on earth in our own lives and, and uh, the surprises that we'll experience in eternal life. But God is not necessarily hiding anything, but sometimes things in life come as a surprise to us. Uh, sometimes people succeed that we didn't think would succeed. Good things happen when we didn't think they would. And oftentimes we rely strictly on our own skill set, our own talent, our own intellect, to uh, find the resources we need or the power we need in life to, uh, to overcome, to be victorious. And what I want to address today is, is this surprising power that comes without those things. For instance, uh, this power that I'm talking about, this dunamis that comes from God, comes to the rich and the poor, the intelligent and the less intelligent, every race, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, the power of God is available. All of us want it. All of us desire it. The challenge is most of us have not figured out how to access it. There was a reporter that was going across the country, starting in the Northeast, uh, trying to identify what churches believe, how they access God, and, and how they acquire this power. And as he was walking through buildings, church buildings in the Northeast, he walked into one and he saw this gold phone. And it says, uh, connect with God directly, $10,000 a call. And he kept going to churches, and they had this same gold phone. And as he began to move across uh, the Midwest, as he kept seeing these gold phones, $10,000 a call, he finally arrives in the Midwest, and he walks into a church like Mosaic, and there that phone was, but instead of direct calls to God being $10,000 a minute, they were only $25 a minute. And he went to the preacher and asked him, why, I've seen these phones across the country, why is, why is your call direct to God only $25 a minute instead of $10,000 a minute? And he said, you're in Oklahoma. It's a local call. Yeah, you don't have to work hard. It doesn't cost you much. God's local here, baby. 
But today I want to talk to us about accessing the power of God. Every one of us needs the power of God when you're depressed and down and out. Things aren't going well. Uh, we know that God has promised to give us the keys to the kingdom of God, which means we have full access to God, to access his power. And uh, so many churches today really never talk about the power of God resident in people. We'll talk about the power of God and how he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he parted the waters, and, and we're always talking about what God has done, what powerful thing God has done. But the reality is God's power most of the time works through his people, not separate from his people. Now, certainly there are things uh, that God has done throughout the Bible that we, we just in awe of because he didn't use anybody necessarily. But, but if you even look at the parting of the Red Sea, it would never have parted had people not done what God said. Uh, it would have never parted the, part, parted the Jordan had they not stepped into it at flood stage. Uh, you know, just throughout the Bible, we see all these different things and these acts of power that God did through people. So a lot of churches believe that, uh, you know, that, that kind of deistic in that God put the earth in motion, stepped back, and he has nothing to do with it anymore. And so our role in this world is to get by, to do the best we can, to just make it on our gifts and our talents. So many people have quit on a dream because they didn't score high enough on an ACT test or SAT test or some type of test that the company gave them. They didn't score well. So they automatically said, well, this is my ceiling. This is my level because they didn't factor in the power of God. God has always used the foolish things of this world, even the foolish people of this world, to confound the wise. And so if you feel like that you're stuck because you were born at the wrong time to the wrong family, you were born maybe you're not a good test taker, you're not a person that does well at certain things, that doesn't mean that you can't do well. It simply means that some of us have to draw on the power of God, maybe a little more than others, though the reality is we should all draw on the power of God. And so I want to challenge us and encourage us to think today about the surprising power of God. In first or Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking to pour out his power. God is looking for a place to connect or people to connect to in order to uh, demonstrate his power to the world. Most of uh, Christianity and so many people think that going to church or praying or reading the Bible is, is, is strictly asking God to do everything, and, and they don't believe he's going to do a lot of things because they don't believe God's involved in, in this day. Prayer is more an act of trying to appease God instead of release the power of God. Prayer is giving God opportunity to work in and through our lives by his power and by his might, to achieve his purpose and destiny through us. That's what the power of God's about, prayer. Prayer is not just uh, bringing God to a place of, well, look at them, they're praying, they're believing uh, that I exist. Yeah, but they're not asking me to be everything that I can be and do everything I can do. And so prayer is not about a religious act or a religious experience or a religious event 
that causes God to uh, withhold judgment or punishment from us, and that's what religion thinks. But let me tell you, when we pray and we ask God for things, what we're saying is, God, we realize we don't have all the power we need, but you do. And we know that you're looking to show yourself strong. I've said it a million times. I will say it till my last sermon. Many people believe that we served an age of miracles, that there was a season or a window in biblical history where God chose to show himself active and do miracles, signs, and wonders. And many churches have uh, removed God from doing the same things today that he did yesterday. God doesn't do that anymore. That was an age of miracles. We have never served an age of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. God's power was not restricted to a dispensation or a season. His power is available today. The challenge is that we've gotten so smart, intellectual, that we have iPhones that you can, you can speak into and ask Siri uh, questions. I, I, I'm just thinking I, this year I'm going to start asking questions to see if she can really answer them. But we've gotten so intelligent, so smart, that we've, we've kind of, not intentionally or by design, but we have removed God from the equation saying, God, we got this. We don't have anything without God. And so we need to realize that, yes, we're, we're smarter than we've ever been. We have access to uh, equipment and technology that we've never had, and, and it does so much for us. But the reality is, when you don't know what to do with your child, ask Siri, she'll be dumbfounded. What do I do with a 16-year-old, Siri? Mm, I can't find an answer for that. Nobody can except God himself. The Bible doesn't say if any man lack wisdom, let him ask Siri. It says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. And we all lack wisdom. We all need God. We all need answers from heaven. That's one of the reasons we have the Bible. It's the other reason that we pray. It's why we come to church. It's why we worship. God, fill us, saturate us with your presence and your wisdom and your counsel so that we will know, have the power we need to do what you've called us to do. It's not one shot and you're done. I mean, it's always staying plugged in to the power of heaven. Now, Ephesians 3.20, which you guys have heard me quote numerous times, that he's able to do more than we can think or imagine according to the power that's at work in us. It's not our power. It's his power that we allow to work in us. Patience, which we all hate. And, 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 and believing and faith and trusting God, those are all things that we would say, man, that's difficult for me. It's difficult for us because we want to be in control. We, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree in the garden, uh, the knowledge of good and evil, they said, God, we got this. We'll take matters into our own hands. And, uh, and we just have never, ever had all the knowledge we need to do what we need to do. And that's one of the reasons God said, don't eat from that tree. I got you. I'll take care of you. We didn't trust. And uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There are so many different ways, and I don't know how I'll finish this today, but 
So many different ways that we can allow the power of God to work. Sometimes when you want something done, things aren't getting done as fast as you'd like for them to get done, the way you'd like to see them get done. Sometimes God says, just hold on a minute. Just wait a minute. Would you just trust me? God, I need this now. These people are being fools. Get it done now, God. And God's, I, I can hear God saying, yeah, they need help, but you need help too. You need to trust me to take care of them. But God, you don't understand. Don't ever tell the maker of heaven and earth he doesn't understand. I think he gets every situation that we're going through. 100% sure. And so when you want something to move fast, it's God, I need the power to, to really get this done. And God says, you need the power to cease striving, to be still. You need power to be still. Because all of us want that. I mean, we're like loose power lines just on the ground, just sparking everywhere. That's people just going crazy trying to get things done in their own strength and their own power. It's not by our might nor our power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Now, God wants his power to work in us, and so it's a matter of what we can. He's able to do more than we can think or imagine according to the power that works in us. So what we have to realize is whatever it is, that we can think or imagine he can do more than that. And some, some of us have some pretty wild imaginations, and, and others, you haven't imagined anything in years. You've quit. <laughs> you just quit. It's like, well, I imagined a couple of things that never came into existence, so I just decided I'd just quit imagining. Well, go watch cartoons then. Because they got all kinds of imagination. Maybe you'll learn how to imagine again. I still haven't figured out how many times Wiley Coyote can take a beating and keeps getting up. I used to watch that, and he'd get hit by an acne anvil, acne anvil, anvil, and he'd come out from underneath the anvil and shake it off and still go after the roadrunner. What an idiot. All you got to do is watch a few cartoons, and you can begin to imagine uh, and, and of course, I'm just kind of kidding there, but that's what happens. We, we lose. When we get older, we lose. Our brain quits dreaming. It quits imagining. It quits seeing. It quits believing, and it starts surviving. Well, I got to have enough to retire. I got to have, and you start going down the list. The devil loves it when you talk that way because he says, I've got you. You have no power at work in your life. You're just running on battery energy. You got a little bitty battery. God's got a whole power plant out in your backyard, and you're running on batteries. Battery faith is all you're running on. And we're talking the cheap batteries, not even the alkaline. We're talking the old school batteries. You can't even light up a, a stinking flashlight, much less a house with your faith. And God said, I got more power for you. It's right here. It's in the name of Jesus. It's called faith. It's believing in the power of his spirit. All of those things are available to us. And we plead, we beg, and we bargain. And, and we're barely getting by because we don't need the power of God anymore in the world because we got everything we need. No, we don't. I'm telling you, God is going to do more than you can think, ask, or imagine, but it's according to the power you're allowing in your life and allowing him to do. The latter years of my life will be better than the former years of my life. Everything about my life will be better. I mean, I'm going to tell you all something that, you know, I watch these guys driving these, these Ferraris down the street and I'm thinking, Jesus, why not me? I know some of you are going to get mad at me thinking, well, Ferrari's important. Well, it is to me. 
I'm not worshiping it, but every now and then I think, God, that, that guy driving that didn't even look born again to me. That really irritates me that some heathen's driving my car. Get that Ferrari over here. I'm your kid. He doesn't even know you. Daddy, he must have stole that out of the garage of heaven. He's an idiot. I'm just telling you how I think. Because some of y'all think, you know, I just always think, why not me? And I'm, I, I'm just going to go to daddy. I'm just going to petition him. Don't be giving that Ferrari to a neighbor who doesn't even call you father. Give it to your son. He's going to kill himself. He'll go right to hell. He'll kill himself faster. You go fast to hell in a Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you get there, you go in a little class. But, I mean, it's still bad. I'm starting to use that power to think a little bit more, okay? That's what we got to do. We got to plug into God. We're using bad. So power through closeness. So how, how do I get the power? Well, you stay close to God. You walk with him. You get up with him. You talk with him. You go to sleep talking to him. You talk about him. You, you don't talk down. You talk up. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What are you saying when you get up? Well, nothing good's going to happen today. Nothing good ever happens to my family. We're always the last ones. Everybody else on the block has good stuff. We don't. Well, just keep talking yourself right into poverty, my friend. Just keep rejoicing. You say, well, this is all about, it's not all about poverty. It's all about poverty of spirit, poverty of mind, poverty of soul, poverty of wealth. The devil loves to keep you in an impoverished mindset. That's how come the Bible tells us that there's power in what we declare. Jesus spoke, did he not? He didn't paint a picture. He didn't just drop everything on our, he spoke and things came into existence. Now, I know that there's an extreme there if you want to take it. I'm not trying to be extreme. I'm tr simply trying to say when we agree with God, God does what he agrees to do. Problem is we talk about the problem more than we confess the solution. You know, I've been in the place where I couldn't pay rent. And... and uh, I'm telling you, I just finally looked to heaven and I said, God, I know you said you'll take care of all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm not going to get all uptight here. Now, it wasn't easy because I, I couldn't imagine how God was going to do it because I didn't have any money. But then he'd do it. He'd bring somebody along. He said, well, you know, somebody paid it for you. Do you think people go around looking to pay other people's rent? I don't think so. I think that has to be God breathed, God moved, God mandated, God provided, God did something up in your business. That's the power of God. Most people think the power of God is somebody has cancer, you pray for them, they get well. That is the power of God. When that happens, that is the power of God. But the power of God works on a daily basis. You know, you don't just have your electric on during the darkest times. Your electric's used all year round. God said, I want power to flow through you all the time, 24-7. Never now and there are power outages like yesterday. I got it on my phone. Your power is out. And I thought, no, it's not. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, you're talking about my house. Okay. But, but God wants to use his power to work through us. And the challenge is that some people simply see God as creator. 
They don't see him as provider. They don't see him as their strength. They don't see him as their source. They just simply see God as creator, and ultimately, God as judge. So most people don't see God as powerful. They see him as the judge and the creator. And, and because of that, they live their life in fear because they don't know how they were created, and they had not figured that out. Oh, we know science tells us, but there's a whole lot more to it than, than a little something-something. I mean, you think about it. Science says, well, it's real simple. Man does this, a woman has this. And when those two meet, there's a child. (laughs) Well, yeah, but who made those two meet and make somebody else come alive? Figure that one out. I mean, no, science, they know what happened, but they didn't do it, see. God did. He's not just creator. He's not just judge. He's your power source. He's your answer to every need that you have, every prayer that you pray. The challenge is we pray and then go do our own thing. We pray and do what we want to do. Before we ever prayed, we had this idea of what we we're going to do. Then we pray and then we go do what we we're going to do and ask God to get involved in what we're going to do instead of saying, God, we want to get involved in what you're going to do and how you're going to answer the prayer. So when we pray, it's not like, God, help me. I need this and that. And then you get through praying. You get up now. Get the out of here. You go tell somebody what to do. God said, I didn't tell you to do that. You prayed to me, and I wanted you to be patient and wait on me. You got in a hurry. We have to walk close to God. You may remember when Elijah was knew he was about to pass. He going to be taken up into a chariot. God sends him to Elisha. Remember that? So God sends him to Elisha. Elisha's out in the field plowing. All of his power in that day, he was hanging on. Uh, to the plow, and the oxen were providing the power to till the earth. And so he's using these oxen. They represented power to him. That's all the power he had. The most power he'd ever experienced in his life was in those oxen. And all of a sudden, a man of God comes along named Elijah, Elijah and throws his cloak on him, which represented in that day the anointing that was on me is going to come on you. That's symbolic. And so Elisha kind of freaks out for a minute, says, let me go tell my family. And Elijah apologized. I should never have done this to you. I put you in a bad place. Why? Because there was going to be a transition of power. He was going to go from trusting oxen to believing God. We go from trusting our intellect, our test scores, our abilities, our skills, in the power that we have naturally that was born in us, but there is another power that when you get born again, that that greater power after being born again is greater than the power you had when you were born. The challenge is we get so used to being self-reliant, taught that we, and I believe in hard work. The Bible says the hand of the diligent shall rule. I'm not discounting our role in this, but what I am saying is that we are not accessing all the power that God has for us every day on a daily basis. God, I need something up in here, and I'm coming to you boldly because you told me to come boldly before your throne, and, and I'm asking you to release your power in this area. And then some religious person comes along and says, don't bother God with your trite little issues. When's the last time you told your four-year-old daughter or granddaughter not to bother you about something that's not important to you, but it's important to her? You never do that, man. You go out of your way to try to do the simple things she asked for. Let me tell you, you say, well, my thing asking God is not simple. Give me a break. Whatever you ask God for is simple to God. It may not be to you, but I think the guy who flung the stars into the galaxies and created the universe is fully capable of handling your little crisis. 
but I don't want to bother God. Seriously, you think you can exhaust him? Give me a break. God doesn't go at the end of the day. I'm sure glad this day's behind us. I've never had so many human religious people calling on my name. I am tired, Jesus. I'm going to bed up in here. He looks at the Holy Spirit and says, you got the night shift. I'm out. That's not how God works. God's like up in, at midnight going, I'm ready to go. Any of y'all got something to say? I need some chatter up in here. Y'all going to sleep. Wake up. That's how come God has different time zones around the world so he can talk all night long. God says, well, the Americans are asleep. I think I'll go over to Australia. I hear some power pulling over there. God's just over there in Australia taking care of things while we're sleeping. They're getting answered to prayer. We better get up and start talking to God when Australia goes to sleep. Okay. So Elijah gets the revelation, or Elisha gets the revelation finally that Elijah is passing on to him, and he asks Elijah, I want the power that you have when you're caught up. You're telling me you're going to be caught up, and Elisha, Elisha says, I want it. Elijah says this, you better stay close to me. If you see me get caught up, you get my power. I don't know about you, but when Elijah's going into the trees to take a break, I'm going in with him. Seems weird, but Elijah says, I got to go to the restroom. Elijah says, I'm going too. You get in there and you're taking care of business and then God comes, I want to see it. I want what you got. I want the power of God. And that's when people distance themselves, they walk away. I want to be around people who have the power to believe nothing is impossible with God. I don't need people telling me 10 reasons we can't prosper, 10 reasons I can't be healed, 10 reasons I can't have joy, 10 reasons I can't have peace. Just get out of here because I'm actually, I'm getting ready to plug into some 220. Most Christians, like I said, they ain't even running on 110. You got a battery pack. Many years ago, when Danita's children was just beginning, I flew to Haiti. We became one of her biggest supporters. Eventually, we'd become the chairman of her board. The very first home that she owned down there in Haiti, at night, there was no electricity. The only time you'd see a light is people who had generators. And you could tell, they just, you could hear them running. They were just grinding it out. You had to put gas in them. Most people didn't have power. They were powerless. A lot of Christians get born again. And, and they, they only have a certain amount of time that the power operates during the daytime because they don't have any juice for nighttime. When the going gets tough, it gets dark, you're having a depressed time that all of a sudden you don't realize you have access to the greatest generator ever. He generated heaven and earth, and you and I can pull on him. He's pulling on us. It says he's looking around the earth to and fro to find people that will, he can show himself strong to. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. 
Stay close. Stay close to the right people. Said 50 men of the company of prophets went and stood at a distance. They were watching Elijah and Elisha facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and two of them crossed over on dry ground. I love the miracles of God. Now, what would have happened had he not struck the water with the cloak? Because that looks pretty foolish in my books. I'm going to go up and hit some water, and you got 50 people. He had an audience, people. We, we, oftentimes when we get an audience, people freeze up. Elijah's going, let me show you boys something up in here. You guys think you got some juice? Watch this juice. So you ain't never done this before. And he rolls up, he strikes the water, it parts side to side. Elisha even, now if I'm Elisha, I ain't acting like it's even a surprise. I'm just walking across like this. That's right, 50 prophets out there. Is that all right, Jesse? I, I did the best I could, man. I didn't have enough swag in there. Is that what I didn't do? I'm, I'm like moving it the best I can. My brother over here got to help me. No, Elisha's like, this is how it's supposed to be. Why do we go, I can't believe it. Jesus, answer, pray. Pay my $38.64 electric bill. Thank you, Jesus. Can't believe it happened. Really? Well, if you can't believe he paid your $38.64 electric bill, you're going to have a real hard time believing for the Ferrari. I'm getting myself some Ferrari faith. The double F, that's what I'm doing. I ain't asking God. I'm all, I mean, I'm excited when he pays the electric every month. I really am. But the day I wake up and go out in my garage and see a red Ferrari, that's when you're going to know Mark Crow been blessed. If you're living in South Oklahoma City, you're going to hear the voice of the crow. Oh, oh. He must have gotten his wings. Now I got the horse. As they were walking along, talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses uh, of fire appeared, separated the two of them, and Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. And uh, liberal theologians would say it really wasn't. It was just an Oklahoma tornado. <laughs> Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. And then he took hold of his clothes and tore them apart. <clears throat> but immediately, listen to this, he picked up the cloak, which I call the power that had fallen from Elijah, and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Elisha's going, I got to plug this in and see if it's going to work. I mean, when's the last time you bought a lamp, just put it on a table and said, I don't know if it'll shine or not. But it's a lamp. How do you know it's a lamp? Have you plugged it in and turned on the switch? See, a lot of people get saved and they go, this little light of mine. It ain't ever going to shine, but it's my little light. Because you're afraid to plug it in and turn it on. Oh, God, I just, I just want to be. I, I heard this when I was a kid. I just want to be sweeping the streets in heaven. Oh, you can sweep mine because I'm living in a mansion. <laughs> that was the humble way, you know, false humility. Just make me a sweeper in heaven. Nuh-uh. I'm a child. I'm an heir. Join heir with Jesus Christ. You can sweep all you want. I'm going to sleep instead of sweep.
Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him, struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Elisha went, yeah, it works here too. Some of y'all are just afraid to ask. Some of you believe God doesn't care anymore, that God is just out there somewhere, and he's sitting up in heaven, bored out of his stinking mind, thinking, well, when's this going to end? I guess I'll go get them sometime in about 2025. Not sure yet. And it depends on how they act. Tired of listening to them. That's how a lot of religious people look. God has no interest in you. God has no interest in us. God has no interest in mankind. Why in the world would God want to do anything today? Because we're his children. And can I tell you something? Now that I have kids in their 30-somethings, it never ends. I'm learning that God's parenting never ends because mine doesn't. They're still calling. And they always call when there's a time of need. Isn't that normal? That's just us, isn't it? It's what we do to God. Hey, God, I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but could I have (laughs) $8,000? Our flesh wants to enter in. Say, I haven't heard from you in a while. The only time you call me is when you want money. No, we don't say that. We just do it because we love our kids. Then we talk to our spouse about it, and we get over it. They're so dumb. I can't believe they only do this. Okay, God, forgive us. We know. Well, that's what a lot of Christians do to God. They don't talk to him until they need something. And then when they need it, they don't believe it because they haven't seen anything from God in so long they have no faith. You need to ask God. You need to be ridiculous. You need to pray dangerous prayers. Second thing, uh, power through faithfulness, not just power through closeness. Joshua was faithful to Moses and uh, hung around Moses, did what Moses wanted, and he responded in the right way. He was loyal to the power that God had put in Moses. And now God said, you know what? You're in charge. He said, be bold and courageous. Joshua had to step into some pretty big shoes. How many many of you'd like to follow Moses? (laughs) I mean, this this guy was pretty powerful. He went in and emptied Egypt and got all their goods and everything. And now all of a sudden they're out wandering around the wilderness and God says, Joshua, it's your turn. I'm thinking, I don't think so. I've watched everything this man's done from striking a rock to getting water to watching us be fed for 40 years. And now all of a sudden, after 40 years of watching this supernatural power, Joshua is given the opportunity or the command, you are now in charge. He stayed faithful is the reason God pointed to him and said, Joshua, I believe you can take him in. Let me ask you something. Are you ready for the power and the responsibility of God to lead and to do what God's called you to do? There's power in faithfulness, being faithful to God. Joshua remained faithful to people, to God, to the commission, to the call, to the promise. When you're faithful, you see the promise, you get on the other side. We don't just want power for the sake of power, though a lot of people do. They want to be perceived as powerful. Power is to be used in a right way. I want to challenge you. Stay close. Stay close to people who are close to God. Stay close to God through prayer, through study, through listening, through preaching. Stay close to God. Stay faithful to God. When you haven't seen something in a while, don't quit on God. Don't say, God, well, you haven't done anything. God's saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just getting you stronger. You're going to need all the strength you can get to handle all the power that's going to flow through you. Too many times people quit on him 
Number three, there's power through promise. Whatever God's promise, there will be power for the promise. But the power has to work through you. Many people say, I've declared the promise, but I've rejected the power. They talk about the promise, but then they turn around and talk to people about what God doesn't do anymore. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for one generation in one dispensation, he's still doing today. You know, really, if you think about it, God didn't do a lot of things. We're not in the Bible. We don't see but one Lazarus. God says, isn't one Lazarus enough? Isn't one demonstration of power enough? What more do you need? God did a couple of three partings of water, I guess just because we're so intrigued by water. You know, you had the Red Sea, the Jordan, and then Elijah, and Elisha smacked the water, and it opens, and they walk across on dry ground. But God's saying, look, let me show you my power. But as I'm showing you my power, I'm showing you my people who were not afraid of my power that did what I asked them to do so that the power would be released through them. Don't sit around and ask God to do what he's called you to do. He's saying, I'm giving you the power. Plug yourself in and do something. Yeah, that's a hard one to clap on because that requires something from all of you who clap. Yeah, when you do that, God just went, okay, yeah, okay. You agreed. Power through the promise. There's a time, I don't know how many of you, you know, you, you have ever had your, a breaker go off in your house. The breaker goes off to protect the house from burning down. Every now and then, there's a power outage by design that God says, you know, there's a weakness here that I want to make stronger. You need to put a new breaker in. You say, well, I, but, but I'm out of power. And, and you just let yourself stay out of power. You never go to the breaker box. You're broke. You're busted. You're disgusted. And, and you just stop right there and say, well, I ain't going to fix the breaker. God said, go out there. Either put another one in. Sometimes it just goes off accidentally. Just hit it back on. Get your power back on. You know, you've been down, you've done something stupid, you've been ridiculous, all these things, which we do as human beings. And the devil loves using our past against us so he can keep us from our future. My whole breaker box went down, and I went out and just started switching them back on. I said, in Jesus' name, devil, you can't keep me down. Uh, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me will be refuted. My latter days will be greater than my former days. Great is the power of God working in my life and through my life because that's how God works. <laughs> Many people shut down their power because of criticism. Well, I don't, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. I, I want you to think I'm crazy. I'm crazy about God. I'm crazy about his word. I'm crazy about everything God wants to do. And he's going to do it for me. I'm going to tell you something. You'll be looking at me and someday, 10 years from now, because I'm going to be spry in my 70s. I'm going to be so spry. Susan better get her running shoes on because this man right here ain't ever stopping. I'm going to be running, running, running. You'll be looking at that. That's my pastor out there. What's he? Is that a Ferrari? <laughs> yes, it is. I'll probably be bald by that time. Take that top off. I don't even have to comb my hair. I just slick it back with some oil. <laughs> Stay happy. Your miracle's on the way. Stay in faith. God's power is going to work through you. Quit saying the way things are. Start talking about how you'd like them to be. That's the power of God. Life and death. Power through the, what we say. 
So be careful what you say. Jesus didn't say, let there be a moon. He said, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light in your life. Peter had a power outage, but Jesus kept talking to what he was supposed to become. Peter, Simon, from now on you'll be called Peter. Petra, Petras in the Greek, which means a piece of the rock. Peter, right now, you don't see yourself as anything, but let me tell you, you're a piece of the rock, and, and upon this rock of revelation, people like you, power working through you, I will build my church. I'll build your home. I'll build your business. I'll build your life. I'll build your bank account. I'll build your peace. I'll build your joy by the power that works in you. You relying on somebody else to make you happy, stop. You have the power of God to be happy. Quit waiting on somebody else to make your life wonderful. You have the power of God to make your life wonderful. We'll say things don't look good right now. We'll start changing them. Everything begins with that first step, that first decision. You know, a child typically doesn't try to walk for about six or seven weeks, look at mom and dad and say, this ain't ever going to work. I don't know how your legs are doing it, but mine ain't. I quit. No, children fall down, they get up. They fall down, they get up. They fall down, they get up. They fall down, they get up. And then once they get up and start running, you wish they couldn't walk again. <laughs> Dear God, you were easier to take care of when all you did was lay there and went, good, 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 good. And now they're running through the house, tearing everything up. And you're asking Jesus, what do I do now? Every season comes with a different challenge. And we have to step up to the challenge and allow the power of God to work through us. Some of you just need to go to the breaker box. The plan, the process, the promise. God had a plan for your life when you were born. It's a process to get to the promise. Many people never Ever talk about the plan? Don't talk about the process. They just talk about the promise. And that's great. I believe in the promises of God, but you have to address things in the process and say, God, let your power work through me, not just through somebody else. This is why, you know, for years people would go to a pastor or a priest and, and they would make confession to them. You don't, nothing you say to me is going to help you like it is when you go to God. Say, God, I bypass all the human beings. You said for me to come directly to you. You don't need a golden phone. You have access to the power of God through prayer and faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for not just dying for us, but living in us. And because you live in us, all the power of heaven is resident in us. May we learn to release that power today, God, to access, acquire, and release it, not just for our good and our gain, but for the good and gain of those around us. Lord, may we exercise power and authority not to impress, but to impact our world. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the power of God begins and becomes resident in us when we ask him into our lives. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if we will repent, we will confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Salvation is the power of God resident to forgive us of our everlasting sin. And that we can, when we pass from this life to the next, we transition from glory to glory, from one place of power to another place of power. There is no deficiency in God. There is no deficiency in heaven. He is all sufficient in every way God is capable and able. 
And I've heard people say, well, I just don't know if I believe. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of things. It's not what you see that matters. It's what you believe that matters. When he told Thomas, blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. And blessed are those who have seen and still believe. No matter what your family's gone through, no matter what you will go through, he is still God. And we can't explain his doings or not doings. We can't explain those. But I can't explain this, that when it's all said and done, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that said we will not bow, and if we don't, it's okay. We'll just be with God. So you don't have to worry about it. So I want all of you to pray this prayer with me, those watching online, those in here in the building today. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I confess with my mouth, you are the Lord of my life. Amen.